Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Well, welcome, Laura, to the Military Wife Life podcast. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So I guess if we get started, you and your partner have been together for around four and a half years and you met when you were both serving in defence. Can you tell us how that came about? Both my partner and I have known each other for a little bit longer. We met each other quite a few years back and were just introduced by Mutual Connection, who happened to be his boss at the time. And um, we sort of moved in roundabouts between each other, just sort of as acquaintances. And then eventually we were put into a position where we needed to work with each other on a 24-7 basis over a short period of time. Yeah, that's how it all started and the rest is history. So he is Army and I was Air Force. We're in Canberra at the time. Okay, so no rivalry between the forces. (laughs) let's not start on that because we could be here for a really really long time there is a lot of banter that goes on in our household so what is your partner's position in the army and does it take him away a lot how does his position work adam belongs to ramey which is the core for mechanical and electrical engineers Uh, he's an armor fitter by trade has been for going on 17 years now so a really long time he joined as a teenager as well straight out of school his role sort of revolves around him fixing you know small to medium sized weapons in the army so anything from what you usually see the guys carrying to maybe a bigger machine gun and yeah it's been an interesting journey because his time away has really depended on what unit he belongs to so the unit in Sydney it was always really short trips but always really last minute and his unit now it's majority sort of exercise based so exercise that just went on in Queensland he attended and that was for two and a half months but we knew well in advance that he was going away for that so yeah a a bit of um, a different perspective not just necessarily the job but also the unit. So how does it go from being in defence yourself to being a spouse obviously you have your own career and have your own things going on but do you feel like you have a greater understanding of how his job and how you know going away and everything that comes with military life do you think you have a greater understanding or do you think it's been a positive or a negative it's definitely been a positive for me because I'm the kind of person that I like to know everything that's going on I like to be planned and I like to have foresight as to what the future holds so having that background knowledge of what his role really entails as I've worked with people from his core and from the army beforehand definitely helps me on a personal level the last minute trips that he took if he says I've got to go away for xyz I know he doesn't need to sit down he doesn't need to explain it to me and I just know what's going on so yeah it's definitely been a positive for us so did you have any second thoughts about whether you would find it hard not being in defense while your partner continued his career in defense yeah definitely and I I still struggle with it today I get fear of missing out massively because majority of my closest friends are still serving as well so Yeah, it was funny. We just had some friends visiting on the weekend. He's artillery army and she is a RAF pilot. And it was just like old times of walk straight into the house and we're catching up and we're having a laugh. And I'm sure you know what it's like. I'm sure a lot of people out there know what it's like that when you're in that environment, the the chatter can't help but turn to work because 
work is their life for them. And I can definitely participate in conversations like that, but I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, I miss, you know, being able to actually inject what I have to say and being able to contribute to the conversation with what I'm doing at work because, you know, they're not very familiar with my work, not very familiar with the civilian life. So yeah, I, I definitely get FOMO if, if we can yeah. use that expression. And yeah, I definitely have days where I, I wish I was back and I wish I was still in because I think sometimes it would make our relationship a little bit easier. But there's other days where the freedom and the lessons I've learned me now, particularly the lessons, I'll never be able to replace those. So that's sort of what always pulls me back to reality. So how did it come about that you ended up leaving Defence? I wanted a change of stream from the role that I had been in and that change got denied, which really left me with some questions about whether I really belonged in service or not. And while that was going on, I had some family issues going back on home in Perth. So it, it sort of just pointed me in the direction that maybe it wasn't my time to be in, maybe it wasn't my time to be serving and to be doing the role it offered me. So I selected for an out on my contract because of um, the family reasons. And yeah, that's how I ended up discharging. And at that time, how long have you and Adam been together? And that obviously meant that you then moved back to Perth. How did you feel that was going to go with him being in one location and you being in the other? Or was it more important to be back with family at that time? Definitely more important to be back in Perth, not just for family, but for me personally as well. And in hindsight, it definitely was the right decision because it separated me from that environment. There's not a lot of Rafis in Perth. There's not a lot of army really. And that had been my main connection. So for me, being totally removed out of that situation, although the first 12 months was quite depressing, um, in hindsight, it was the right decision. Adam and I had only been together for maybe even a few weeks at that point. But yeah, I just said, hey, I've got to go home to Perth. I can't really hang around here. And he had a lot of travel with work and a lot of stuff going on as well. So it worked out that we'd do that. He stayed in Canberra, I stayed in Perth. We spent 18 months, just on 18 months apart. And again, I, I wouldn't change it. it. It was hard, but I wouldn't change it. How did you guys foster that relationship when you'd only been together for a short time before you went back to, I guess, the other side of the country? We talked every day. And for me, that was one thing that still rings true in our relationship now is that, you know, I can survive not talking to him, but first sort of initial few weeks or couple of months, like I had to be chatting to him. We always had something to talk about. We still do always have something to talk about. And I just felt really drawn to him and drawn to his presence. And that was one of the first sort of things that made me realize, hold on a second, this guy is actually a really, really good guy. He's a really cool guy. So yeah, particularly after that couple of weeks to a month, and I sort of thought, you know, I can't stop talking to this guy. I need to be around him. I want to be around him. I knew that it was something bigger than just, you know, a fling that I'd had while we are both in Canberra. After you discharged and left to live in Perth, how long did it take for you to, I guess, transition into another job and set up your life over there? A really, really long time. I went 11 months unemployed. I was really, really lucky the circumstances that I had that I was living rent-free at the time. But yeah, I mean, transition's hard. And I think one of the issues that people have at the moment is it's made to look like it's this easy thing. But no matter how much you think you've got yourself organised, there's still going to be something that surprises you about civilian life, about the new life that you fall into. So it was 11 months unemployed. I was away from my closest friends. I was away from Adam. My family was out of the country as well. And it wasn't until I finally met up with a friend who reviewed my resume for me and changed about three sentences on my resume that I managed to get some contract work. Employment in Perth was particularly difficult at the time. The mining sector 
had just crashed. So there was a lot of redundancies, a lot of layoffs. So work was really, really hard to come by. So yeah, 11 months in, I got sort of a four day a week contract consulting on a project. I'm just so thankful that they saw some potential in me and took me on board because I was definitely one of the lucky ones, not just a defense person trying to transition to civilian life, but definitely just someone seeking employment in Perth at the time. I guess during that time, because I've gone through unemployment as well, as a lot of spouses have, a lot of the time your, I guess, self-worth and your identity is connected to your job and your career and when that's taken away or when you're looking for a job or discharging I guess you're reassessing all of that at the same time as looking for a job and you know needing money and all of those sorts of necessities how did you go in regards to then being a spouse and following Adam with his career knowing what it was like to be unemployed and how emotionally that affects you when I got the job that I'd waited so long for I started working again I started earning money again and I just said to myself there and then I said I'm never going to put myself in this situation again and I'm sure a lot of spouses will agree it's not the money it's the mental factor it's having the ability to contribute something to outside of the home and outside of your relationship and being an individual and yeah for me I just as soon as I went back to work and I was really lucky it was project work so there's always sort of outcomes that you're trying to focus on I just said to myself Laura never put yourself in this situation again you just can't because the mental drain that it put on you not the bank drain the mental drain yeah something that I'd, I never want to go through again so for me I spent um, would have been from about April to November 2016 that I worked and I just worked and worked and worked and I saved up a whole bunch of money you know I was working as hard as I possibly can to just build up that working reputation again and I was just really lucky that in November the contract took a bit of a downturn and I had enough money saved up and sort of enough pre-planning that I was able to start applying for some jobs in Sydney and that's how my next job came up and that's how I knew to make the leap to go to Sydney with Adam but yeah I feel people out there that don't have that employment and sometimes don't have the option because they've got kids at home because I know what it's like when you want to commit your brain to something other than what's going on in your household. At any time did that have a any sort of a drain or impact on your and Adam's relationship because obviously he's still in you've discharged you're going through that transition looking for work going through the emotional side and mental side of it at any time did that affect your relationship or did it make it stronger it definitely didn't affect our relationship I I don't think it made us stronger or weaker it it made me stronger it made me more resilient which I think has been a a big factor has made me more resilient in our relationship from a personal perspective but I really sort of hit a lot of the problems that I was having from him not just the mental but the financial as well because I just didn't want it to be his problem I knew he sort of hadn't signed up to be meeting someone that was actually leaving and moving away straight away so yeah it had a zero effect on our relationship positive or negative but it made me a better person and more committed and yeah more resilient to what goes on in our life you had been through that experience and so is that what made you decide that you wanted to have a job secured before you moved to be with him yeah I just sort of thought I didn't need a job straight away but I needed to be on the job market I needed to be having a bit of an understanding of what was going on so I, I was really lucky I walked into a job about three and a half weeks after moving to Sydney and I'd had an inkling from a recruiter about two days prior to me leaving that there was the potential for me to go into a temp role. So yeah, it definitely propelled me into being really motivated for applying for work and just trying to make myself as employable as I possibly could be. So what field do you work in now and how do you envision that working alongside Defence Life with moving and postings and all of that? 
Have you heard about our Lots of Love care packages? An anonymous and free box of self-care goodies that can totally make a military spouse's day. It's a way for friends and family to send an acknowledgement in the mail to a military spouse to let them know they're awesome and the Military Wife Life community has their back. Pop over to the Military Wife Life website after you finish listening to this episode, of course, and sign someone up for the Lots of Love box. So I'm really, really lucky. Funnily enough, I work for Toll Group. I don't work in transitions. But yeah, so I'm I'm one of the senior managers for Toll Group here in South Australia, so transport and logistics sector. And obviously really, really lucky in the fact that majority of capital cities will have a toll office or some sort of version of toll within that city. So we posted to Adelaide this year and I resigned from my job in about September in Sydney and said, I'm going to Adelaide not only for lifestyle, but partners there and all that sort of thing and they said well funnily enough do you want to walk into a job in Adelaide I went yes I do (laughs) thank you very much so I'm so so lucky in that aspect that I'm sort of with a business that they understand the defense lifestyle and the posting style and have actively looked for work for me in our new posting location have you guys spoken about when if you are planning on having kids when they'll fit in or will you just see what happens we're very much open to the fact that we may one day have kids we may not we know that it's not the time for us right now I'm still trying to plan a wedding and um, I'm not doing too well at that so eventually we should hopefully be married in the next couple of years and yeah I mean we're really lucky in the fact that we're surrounded by some really great couples who do have kids and do fantastic the defense lifestyle and some other couples that don't have kids and really enjoy their life so we definitely want to knock getting married off the list we want to maybe knock one or two more unique postings if we have the opportunity pop up and then it may be something we think about but yeah for the time being I'm still trying to study trying to do as well as I can at work and he's still got a lot of stuff going on at work and one thing that I know is that if we do have a family we want to be 100% committed we want it to be our decision we want to know that our focus isn't anywhere else other than us and other than kids that might come into the future. I guess now when you're moving to different posting locations you're moving as a spouse so So what do you sort of do to find friends and establish yourself in the new locations now that you're um, not going there with a, a job with friends straight away? What have you done when you've gone to a new location to create that network? This posting I definitely wanted to try and get out and about more which I have for me it was through sports so I signed back up to a netball club here in Adelaide which has been great I've made some lovely friends through that I do have some pretty good friends at work and um, I'm really lucky that coming to Adelaide I'm a little bit closer to home being Perth and I'm a bit closer to a few of my friends that are still in defense obviously because the RAF base is here and I've got a few friends in Melbourne so it's a really nice quick flight yeah but it is hard. I spent probably a couple of weeks Googling netball clubs to just try and find somewhere where I thought that I'd, I'd possibly fit in. And then I had to trial for a team, so you're meeting new people. And so, yeah, I, I don't actually really know what I would have done without it 
this year, particularly at the start of the year. But yeah, yeah so it, it's hard. It's hard making friends. <laughs> yeah. And especially since you're used to having that friend network that you all have the common goal of working for defence, you get each other on that level, I guess. It's a different story when your spouses all with a different story and different interests and all that sort of stuff. It definitely is not easy. But as I've said before, I think it's important. I think as much as people in defence want to think that their world is the real world, it's not. It's a world outside of what the normal populace knows. I think it's always really important that we try and tie ourselves to what is the real world and real world issues. So for me, having friends in netball and having people that are really ignorant to our situation was actually really important for me to just bring me down to earth and connect me back to society a little bit as I think it's really easy to get caught up in the whirlwind that is defence life. In saying that, on the flip side, have you connected with any of the spouse groups or spouse support DCO, any of the community houses to have that side of the support in regards to people that get the lifestyle and military life and all that comes with it? I haven't, but in saying that, I think if we did have kids and I think if we were maybe in a bit of a different circumstance where I wasn't working to the extent that I work, that'd be really important to me. The value is there. I've seen the value there for families in particular. And yeah, it's just that balance. It's that balance of knowing what the real world is, but also being surrounded by people who are familiar with your situation and you know can lift you up when times are down again I'm really lucky where work probably distracts me from a lot of that so when Adam's away it's just I've set myself some goals I focus on what I need to do and I get that done but I've got work to do that for me if I didn't I I can definitely see the value in getting the support and I know they do great work and so you mentioned when Adam's away you tend to set goals and focus on work and all that you've got going on what do you do when you know he's going away do you start to think about okay well this is what I'm going to achieve while he's gone or this is what I'll focus on how do you sort of get through those times of loneliness and sometimes isolation well being Adelaide is great for wine so I drink a lot of wine (laughs) start with that uh no drinking wine doesn't solve all alone (laughs) alone on my couch watching Netflix have you got a bird or a fish or a dog at least that you sit with (laughs) yes I have a dog that I sit with so okay well you're not um, alone then (laughs) I'm not alone it's all good I I definitely allow myself to be angry and to feel sad and to feel any emotion that sort of pops up because I think that's really important. As I was saying before, you know, defence world is not the real world. It's really unique and particularly as spouses, we find ourselves in these loving and committed relationships and then one day they just go away for a couple of months and you might not even be able to speak to them. I mean kudos to you Beck. I don't know how people in the Navy do it not being able to speak to partners for days, weeks and then and really having no idea what's going on because I sort of always have a little bit of an understanding standing by either friends or by him so yeah I sort of I allow myself to grieve because I think that's really important but then I sort of you know depending on the time that he's away or go right well, you've got a couple of days to order Uber Eats to drink some wine to sit on the couch and feel sorry for yourself and then once those couple of days are over it's time to get a move on because life does not stop for you feeling sad that your partner's away life will continue to go on it's not serving you to continue no, that behavior it's not, not going to help you get anywhere and it's not going to help you when they get back it's probably only going to make matters worse so I I set myself some goals work-wise or uni-wise to just sort of go right I've got the time to be able to do x y and z so I'm going to do it and then personally 
Normally, I just make the time to do things that I know I want to do and he wouldn't really get much joy out of. So <laughs> I've, got my own, I've got my own Netflix profile with all my BBC dramas saved up for when he's away so I can watch yeah. them in peace and quiet. <laughs> I usually, you know, I go out shopping for the day because having yeah. him around trying to do window shopping, I'm sure there's a lot of women out there that go, oh, it's the most annoying thing, having to drag a husband around the yeah, shop. That's right. So, yeah, I go, oh, Saturday, you know what? I'm going to go to the shops and I'm going to have a look around. And I'll have breakfast, I'll have a coffee and I just really try and find things that I would get joy out of that I know he's just going to go, oh, whatever. I plan a couple of trips away that really broke it up for me, which was really nice. And yeah, I just try to have a bit of forward planning to get a picture of what the time away is going to be like. It's really about thriving instead of just trying to survive, like setting yourself up for it being a positive experience so that you can go into the next separation or deployment or whatever it is with a positive mindset because last time's experience was not too bad and okay let's see if I can make it even better this time yeah I think the important thing is that while your partner is in defense you're never going to get away from this there's always going to be some way shape or form that they're going to be you know absent from home or even through work they might have to work long hours or they might have to go away on short-term trips and that's not going to change unless you leave them or they leave defense so you know you may as well make the most of what you've got and make the most of the time you have and like I said that doesn't mean that you can't be sad and that doesn't mean that you can't feel crap I tell you what the time that he just had been away there was a good period in there a couple of days where work got super super stressful coming home to an empty house having to cook dinner by myself not having anyone to be able to talk to really really took its toll so it doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect but you may as well make the most of the situation because it's not going to change unless you remove yourself from it. That's right. And so mental health wise, how do you look after your mental health when you're going through separation or even just coping with everyday defense life? I definitely could do more. I definitely don't think I look after my mental health to the best because I am a bit of a workaholic. So I like pouring my brain and my soul into my work and making the most out of that. For me, one big key difference, I definitely haven't exercised as much. So when I was in Perth, I became very, very good at running. <laughs> if I was sad, I just used to run in Perth while I was away from Adam. I just try to keep busy and I just try to keep my mind ticking. I think a lot of these circumstances that spouses might find themselves in really comes from overthinking. It has for me, overthinking relationships, overthinking situations, overthinking what ifs. I said before, I'm a planner. I like to know what's happening. I don't roll well with the punches, but I've had to learn to roll well with the punches because I tell you what, if I hadn't learned that skill, I'd be screwed now. So yeah, just practicing the resilience aspect has definitely improved it. But I, I personally think I've got a long way to go. I still really struggle sometimes. It's a work in progress. You kind of grow with defense life, I guess. Yeah, no, you do. And as much as I've been in, this whole spouse world is a new thing to me. It has been a, a new thing. So I still have a lot of growing to do to figure out the best way to sort of get by without him here and just be resilient to the situation. So any words of wisdom for other spouses, I guess, just starting the journey or maybe any spouses that are in a similar situation to you? So I used to watch The Good Wife. I'm not sure a lot of spouses out there probably would have watched it. It's a great drama if you haven't. I think it's on Netflix. But there's a sentence, I think it's in about episode one or episode two of season one, where one of the ladies asked her, does it get any easier? And she goes, no, but you get better at it. And that's my mantra is that life in general doesn't get easy, but you do get better at coping with the circumstance. And just that life is all about the balance 
violence. And I'll correct you, if The Good Wife is on Netflix, then probably every defence wife has watched it. <laughs> Netflix is life. <laughs> what did Netflix we do without Netflix? Life. Like, what did we do without it, though? Seriously. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 